Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul. My co-host, Justin Baker, and I are doing a special Chicago Blackhawks episode. However, it has nothing to do with the current Chicago Blackhawks because God knows we don't want to spend an entire episode talking about them right now. Uh, Sorry if you're a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Maybe we will some eventually, but right now we are focusing on the top 10 Chicago Blackhawks. So it's something positive about the Blackhawks. and so we're going to continue our series. We've, we've done a bunch of these over the summer, and we like to toss one out every now and then. And so away we go with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, if you haven't heard our other episodes on other teams' top 10 players of all time, go back and listen. We've, we've covered probably about two-thirds of the league at this point. Um, everything from, I think this is actually our last original six team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe so. I think we've we've covered the we've covered the Leafs, the Red Wings. I think we've done the Rangers. Yes, we, we have. It was our fourth show. Yep, yep. We did the Rangers. We have done the Bruins, and uh, here we are doing the Chicago Blackhawks. So, uh, and we we did do the Montreal. Did we do Montreal? I don't think we did Montreal actually. Let me check. I, I don't think that nope, we. No, you're right. We haven't so, done Montreal. So we're. I guess we're saving. Shame. I I hate to say this this way, but I guess we're saving the best for last because. They do have the most Stanley Cup, so that's true. That that will be a list where like there's no chance someone on that list didn't win a cup, <laughs> or at least a couple. <laughs> Whereas Chicago, I mean, yes, they've won three cups in the last ten years, but there also was a a fifty year drought essentially. So you know, if we want to, to if we want to include anyone after they won the cup in sixty one and until they won the cup in 09, there's going to be Maybe a player or two without a cup on our list. Maybe more. We'll see. Uh, but Justin, who just missed your list? All right. I got four people. Okay. Um, yeah, I've got two goaltenders, a defenseman, and a forward. Uh-huh. So I've got JR, Mr. Ronick himself, who okay. is in a little bit of hot water right now. With uh, He's not you know, on TV right now because he said some stupid stuff. Because he said that he <laughs> has thought about a sleeping with a beautiful woman. <laughs> I know. Well, that he goes on vacation with the, with the, his wife, which is just awkward to me, anyways. It was definitely a stupid thing to say, <laughs> but it's definitely like anyone who suspends the guy. I feel like they had to have gone. I mean, okay, like yeah, we've all we've all been there, but you didn't need to talk about it in a show about like somehow because that was on <laughs> spitting chiclets. <laughs> Those guys probably feel so bad. Don't you think though that they? I don't know if you say that on that show, maybe they should go, Hey dude, like this might not be good. Like we should maybe edit this out. Cause now like, the, the issue with that show, their guys are so honest on there. Oh yeah. And now they've done a show that has gotten someone fired. Essentially. Essentially like, yeah. He'll probably get fired and then he'll find a job with ESPN or whatever. Like, and it, what, where does he, he works or he'll for do a NBC, podcast, right? Yeah. And, and who knows, like NBC's TV deal, is up soon and and, and it's knows? going to ESPN. We'll, we'll probably. See. Well, ESPN is going to get more games. I think that it'll NBC will still. They've invested too much money into like come to NBC to watch games. But ESPN, I think, will get their like Thursday night hockey on ESPN, and they'll bring back the song. I would love it. Oh, I want that song. I want to. I want that song to play. I'm putting. I'm making a note right now <laughs> that that song is going to be playing in the background right now. Fantastic. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so you're going to go in post and put that in. Yes. I'm going to, I'm going to do that in post. Good. So while I you're hearing wait. it right now, that's, that's what's going on. I so. wish I could hear it right now. Right at, right at the uh, 408 <laughs> mark. 
Uh, okay, so JR misses my JR list. JR misses your list. Yeah. He did make my list. Okay. Uh, I'll just say it right now. He's my number 10. So okay. he like he just made my list. He just misses yours. He just made mine. Yep. And then I got, uh, like I said, a couple goaltenders, Corey Crawford and uh, Eddie Belfour. Okay. Yep, so yep. just missing my list. And then Dougie Wilson also makes my just missed. Doug Wilson. Yeah, that's yeah. a good that's a good just missed uh, defenseman for them. A more stay-at-home guy. Uh, a couple other players just missed my list. Sure. Chicago has a big list of players who could potentially be on here. Uh, Corey Crawford was on there too. Uh, Brent Seabrook just missed my list. Okay. I considered him because he has played the most games. He has, which is sh- kind of shocking actually. Well, he's been there his whole career. That is That's very why, true. And, and he played from when he was like 18 or 19 years old because the Blackhawks were so bad. They drafted him before they ever had Taves or Kane or anything. Right. So, I mean, he's he's played a ton of games for them, including playoff games. Like, I think he's he's got to be tops playoff. Oh, I'm sure he's up there, Playoff too. games as well is my guess. But uh, he just misses my list. And then a guy who actually won a trophy for the Chicago Blackhawks team is Dirk Graham. He won the 1990-91, or maybe it was 89-90, uh, Selkie Trophy. Really? Yes. There's uh, a name the you best don't hear. defensive forward in the NHL. Uh, he had an okay season as, as a Chicago Blackhawk. He had, uh, I think he had like three or 400 points. Just one season? Well, he see, the thing about him was that, yes, he had a really nice season that year. And I, I think it was the year that they went to the Stanley Cup Finals, too. So they had no. Oh, they went to the finals in ninety two, right against no, Pittsburgh. No, it was ninety one. It was ninety ninety one is when they went to the finals. Yeah, against Pittsburgh. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was against Pittsburgh. Yeah, he had he had three hundred and forty three points in five hundred and forty six games for the Blackhawks. So like statistically, nothing insanely impressive, especially since he played for them from eighty seven to ninety five. So at least the first half of that was definitely a period of time where guys were. Like scoring the lights, and the year he goes and he wins the the Selkie Trophy, it's actually pretty weird. Uh, he he barely has any points. Like usually the Selkie Trophy now, you know, you're like, okay, it's got to be somebody who's at least probably in the top fifteen of scoring, right? Like a 70, but, 80 point and guy, a good defensive player, and they probably don't take a lot of penalties, right? Like that's right. Even though it's not the uh, it's not the Lady Bing. It still is like, well, if you're taking a bunch of penalties, you're probably not that good defensively. And you're not on the penalty right? kill. So he won it in 90-91. That was the year they go to the finals against the Penguins. Mm-hmm. He had 45 points in 80 games and is considered the best defensive forward in the game that year. He had 88 penalty minutes. Interesting. It's a very interesting vote that year. Uh, yeah, don't, I mean... And he was he was thirty one years old when he when he won that trophy. Okay, so I'd be interested had, to to see who he was up against. I well, mean, he was so he he was up against Essatikinen is the guy who got the second most votes, and then teammate Steve Larmer gets the third most first place votes. Uh, there was quite a few guys. There were, gosh, fifteen players who got first place votes that year for the Selkie, uh, out of one hundred and fifty seven votes or something like that. So. Interesting. Uh, a, a weird award because his teammate, who had 101 points, doesn't 101. get it. And was, and at this time, there was definitely a little more weight to the plus minus. Dirk Graham's a plus 12. Nothing his to write teammate, home about. Steve Larmer, a plus 37. 
another guy who was fifth in the voting, Theo Fleury, he had 104 points and had a, was a plus 48. Wow. Weird. I, I don't know why he got the Frank J. Selke, but... I'd be interested uh, to like read into that a little further. Yes, I would agree. Uh, yeah. Let's have Dirk Graham on the show <laughs> and talk about why he was deserving of that award. <laughs> why did you get this? Uh, so he, he's on my list because there are only a few players who have actually won trophies as a Black Ops Hawk, so I thought about... I thought, we're, we're going to slide him in there. Um, I've already said my number 10. It's Jeremy Roenick. He, he makes my list because ultimately he is... Uh, He's 10th all-time in scoring, and he also is the all-time leader, or the, sorry, second place in points per game as a Blackhawk, second to only a guy that will appear later in the list. So Roenick, and he, and he did, you know, he had a nice career for the, for the Blackhawks. He had, I think he had three 100-point seasons plus in a row. So he, uh, he definitely cleaned up as a Blackhawk there. And, and the year before that, the year before those 100-point seasons, had 94 points, so... Not too shabby. Excellent player. Uh, and they got him in his absolute prime. Like, of course, he goes and he plays for quite some time. He goes on to play for the Phoenix Coyotes for five years. He plays for the Flyers and the Kings, the Coyotes again, and then the Sharks. But he did most of his damage for the Blackhawks. Takes the Blackhawks to the Stanley Cup Finals one year. Got to give him the nod. Give him number 10. Okay. It's respectful. I mean, he would have probably came in 11 or 12th on my list. So can't hate you. Okay. Um, number 10 for me. A guy who spent the, I want to say the first half of his career was probably his best offensive years, but the second half of his career when he went to Chicago, probably his best defensive years and where he really honed in a two-way game. Surprisingly to me, probably one of the more underrated two-way players of, of his time, and that's Marion Hosa. Okay. A guy with three Stanley Cups, obviously, and he took three cracks at it before he finally got his first. And uh, surprisingly, when he was in Chicago, the best he ever finished in the Selkie voting was fifth and insane. Yeah. And I got to think, you know, when you're playing with, you know, Jonathan Taves, who at the time was consistently considered a favorite for the trophy. It's like, I think he kind of got discounted a little bit where a lot of times I would have. And, and again, too, you know, five, 10 years ago, if you weren't a center, you weren't really being considered for the well, award. Weird that like Yuri Lettinen won the award so I know. many times. Right? And then it As went to centers right. like for 10 straight years. And then finally with Mark Stone, now we're finally getting, Back into saying, oh, you can be a winger and be yeah. really good defensively. Yeah. So, you know, and now we're starting to see that it was probably Marion Hosa that was making Jonathan Taves really good. Probably, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not that like Taves definitely had some moments. Like, he's he's incredibly talented, but uh, he is definitely not the same player without Hosa playing with him. Absolutely. Uh, I have Hosa on my list. He does appear a little bit higher. But, good. Uh, yes, the only player in history to go to three Stanley Cups in a row with three different teams. That's a good little stat. Yeah. Uh, okay, who's your number nine? All right, number nine for me, uh, Chris Chelios. Uh-huh, you copied my list. I Did see. I know? Yeah, we, we know about Chris Chelios. Played till he was about 59 years old, was yeah, it? Yeah, 48 like that? years old. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, never won a cup with uh, Chicago. Did win one with Montreal in 93. Yep. Captain them, which was... Um, he, won, he won one in... Uh, he won a couple with Detroit. Yeah, won a couple there, too. 2008. Wasn't there for the the ninety eight? I think he went to Detroit in ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, it was ninety nine. Yeah. But I mean, to be quite honest, he had some some really great offensive seasons. But he was just such a wrecking ball of a defenseman. He was always like, I mean, he was 
you could consider the, like the perfect blend of stay at home physicality and offensive output at the time where like a lot of guys were usually one or the other. And um, he had three straight seasons with over 200 penalty minutes. One of those years, he had 282 penalty minutes and 73 points. You're not on the ice that much, and yet you still Holy do that. mackerel. That's, uh, yeah, that's unbelievable. That's unbelievable. I mean, that's something that just couldn't happen now. In his career, he does have almost 3,000 penalty minutes. So. Crazy. Yeah, so three-time Second. Norris winner. Obviously, one of those was with Montreal, but two of them with Chicago and uh, well-deserved, I think. Yes. Um, okay. Uh, my number nine, also Chris Chelio. So we'll just jump right ahead. Go to my number eight. It's another defenseman for the Chicago Blackhawks. A guy that did win a Norris trophy with the Blackhawks and, uh, and had some phenomenal seasons really was probably the, the reason that Chicago won some Stanley cups as well. And that is Duncan Keith. So. Okay. Yeah. A few few more spots up on my list. We'll get to him okay. later. So. Okay. Yeah. He had a, a nice sixty one point season. That's his, his best year for the Blackhawks in thirteen fourteen. Uh, not a big goal scorer. He has had two two seasons with more than ten goals. All the rest ten or less. But uh, and has kind of fallen towards the end of you know he he kind of fell off the horse quickly. And so that that was some of my like, well, I could have him up here higher. And, you know, when, when all is said and done, I think Duncan Keith will probably have played. I, it look, I mean, I think he right now he's the third most. He's three games behind Brent Seabrook. So I'm sure Brent Seabrook will uh, will find his way onto the LTIR at some <laughs> point. Um, Stan Makita. Actually, I'm, I said Brent Seabrook played the most games. It's actually Stan Makita. But Brent Seabrook is second most in games played. Stan Makita's played 285 more games than the next guy. So, all right. It's going to be a minute. I don't think Brent Seabrook's going to catch him. And I don't know if Duncan Keith catches him either, unless he's, unless he stays in Chicago and like takes a, you know, a third pairing, second pairing kind of role and, and is willing to, to stick around for something like that. But, I think it's probably more likely that Patrick Kane ends up passing a lot of those. He's at 946 games. You know, it'll take him another five five years to catch Makita, and yeah. I don't see him going anywhere. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to slow down that much, too. So, yeah. Perfect. Uh, okay, yeah, so that's that's my number, number eight, eight. Duncan right. Heath. Perfect. So eight and seven, I actually have two goaltenders. So I'm just going to go back to back here. Uh, I don't care if you don't like it. No, so nope, nope. Go good. ahead. That's, uh, that's fine. Number eight for me, Tony Esposito. And then at number seven, I have Glenn Hall. Glenn Hall. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of people probably wondering why Glenn Hall above Tony Esposito when Tony Esposito is the franchise leader and wins. I think he has, boy, it's, it's a staggering difference. I think it's like 140 more than Glenn Hall, who's number two on this list in yeah. terms of wins. Um, and the reason is, and they both have three Vesnas to their name, which is fantastic, but... No, uh, no cup? Glenn Hall has the cups. Okay. He well, does he has a cup. A cup, yes. A the cup. 61 winner. Um, he also has a Calder Trophy. He did get a Smite, not with, you know, Chicago, or I'm sorry, with St. Louis, but um, yeah, not Chicago. Yes, the year that, uh, in 67, 68... Yeah, when they were you know, fresh off the, you know, fresh he on the scene. Played scenes. a ridiculous amount of uh, of games that year, or uh, in the playoffs, he played so much. Yeah, and crazy his time with Chicago. It it cracks me up. Like he went and started his career in Chicago with five straight seasons playing seventy games. Like yeah, he played. He was actually on Detroit 
Yeah. And then comes, yeah, man, just yeah. played every game. If you think about it, at one point they had, you know, Sawchuck and Glenn Hall in Detroit, and then they rotate. <laughs> Sawchuck goes to Toronto and, yep. you yep. know. But anyways, yeah, so St. Louis, I mean, he, you know, got picked in the expansion draft, and there's a reason for it. I mean, he was he was a stud in the net. I mean, he was fantastic, still even at 35 years old. So, um, yeah, for me, I just – I give Glenn Hall the, the nod a little bit just because of the cup, and he does have a Calder and Consmite to his name too. All right. He actually – he did not make my list at all. Okay. Um, he could have. I, I, yeah. Should have. He could be yes. on this list. Um, <laughs> I mean, yay, you were one of the best – you were one of the six – best people at the one position Six i guess there's best. only there's only five other people to really compete with i guess is the i guess but you still had to beat out the backups too yes so. yes i i know but there clearly was no backups back then no one was playing half the games maybe the coach you found one one guy i mean i guess that does mean that he was what top five goalies or top yeah top five goalies in the league probably in the world yeah yeah but. minus russia so, uh, yeah, he just misses my list more, probably more of an oversight, but that's okay. I'm all right. I'm all right with leaving Glenn Hall off the list because there's, I think they won the cup on the backs of other people, not so much. Glenn that's Hall, fair. But they did have a couple other really nice players on that team. They probably could have won the cup with a lot of guys in that there. <laughs> um, okay. So you've said eight, seven. I did. Um, I've got a goalie a little higher on my list, uh, but so, in number seven, I actually have Marion Hosa. Okay. That's where I drop him. I, I put him ahead of Keith and Chelios because I, I know that it might sound crazy to go, well, like Keith was there for all the Steam Stanley Cups as Hosa. Uh, I just, I think that Hosa was truly the missing part on so many teams. Like, I know he didn't win the cup in Detroit when he goes there, uh, but, or sorry, in Pittsburgh. He goes to Pittsburgh, loses. He goes to Detroit, loses. But hey, the teams, they go to the finals with him. And then he goes to Chicago, and it was like, all right, this was the piece. Like, he truly was that one missing piece for Chicago, and he filled a role that no one else was going to fill. And uh, I I think his talent level far exceeds what maybe he was able to put up in production and his lack of trophies. Honestly, is probably more of a – I don't think that it's like writers are prejudiced against somebody who's from Europe – but I think that they are biased towards Canadians and like an American, like a North American sure. player. Go and go and look up who's won the Selkie over the last thirty years, and it's a guarantee. Granted, most you know for a long time, a lot of players were uh, were Canadian, anyways, the vast majority. But I mean, you've got Kopitar in there before Kopitar, Datsuk. So you've got these guys who are just like unbelievable. They, they can do crazy things. You can't with ignore it, basically. Right, right. And Hosa, I think, was a little... Hosa was actually a defensive forward who put up points. Whereas, like, Kopitar, not really a defensive forward. He just happens to, like, yeah, he's good at defense. But in these seasons, he's putting up 92 points in one of those seasons. Like, you can't ignore the 92 points. And sometimes that award ends up being like, well, you didn't win the heart. You didn't win the Art Ross. <laughs> but you were pretty good. So we're gonna give you the selkie instead. <laughs> but I mean, oh, you just boy. look. You look down this list, and it's you've got Kopitar, Datsuk, and Lettinen, and literally all the rest. And Fedorov. Oh, Fedorov won. Yep, yeah, he won hey. a couple, uh, but all the rest of them are 
And it's funny, you look at an hockey reference. He's listed as a center for one, and then he's listed as a right wing for the other. Selkie. Ah, yes. And again, Fedorov, 120 points and 107 points. Like, the year, that 93-94 year, he just won everything. He did. He won every award. <laughs> and and you, you couldn't vote for anybody else. And he played defense, too. Yes. Uh, okay, so... Let's go with your number six. Yeah, number six. Um, Denny Savard for me, a guy who kind of fell in that era where, you know, they they weren't winning cups. They were just kind of mediocre at best at some point. Went points. to the finals. Yeah, was, yeah went to the finals once. But uh, yeah, he was just, he was a wrecking ball. He just put up points like crazy on a team that really had no business competing half the time until, you know, when he actually got a, a shot at a cup with Montreal. But you know, during his time in Chicago at the beginning of his career and then at the end, he was still just a crazy he put up crazy production. I yeah, mean, they they make it to the to the third round of the playoffs in uh eighty one, eighty two. So his second year in the league and he goes and like basically his first his first playoff where it was really it, he was actually a, a cornerstone of that franchise. He just goes and Puts up 18 points in 15 games. But in 84-85, yeah, this one's crazy. games, he had 29 points. That is madness. And he had another another year, 89-90, where he had 22 points in 20 games. So uh, always showed up in the playoffs. 175 points in 169 games in the playoffs. Pretty dang good. And when you say that he was a wrecking ball, I think you meant he was a water bug. <laughs> he was tiny. No, I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean it like that. But <laughs> I know you did. Yeah. I know you did. <laughs> I mean, he's only five foot ten, so he's not tiny. But back then, I mean, he was he was small, right? For and if, sure. And when you go watch him skate, actually, like I think he would have been, he might have been one of the best players in the league right now. If he 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 looks like Johnny Goudreau looks right now when you watch him play. There you like, go. He could just he could do unbelievable things with the puck. He was really the guy who invented that spinorama. It was it was the Denny Savard is what some people called it because he's the first guy to come in and like he's scoring these goals off of a spinorama on his backhand. Oh, I know from the top of the circle, and they just for whatever <laughs> you just couldn't track it. Sucked back then, but <laughs> still, no one was ready for that. No, well, because I mean, people couldn't do that. Goalies back in that age, they literally kept their glove down at their kneecaps, so they weren't coming up for that stuff at all. Stupid stand up. Yeah. Well. We'd have more goals if they had to stand up. What if they just made that the rule? You have to stand you up. Can't go down. You can't go down. Anymore. <laughs> uh, okay, so he's your number. Yeah, he's your you're number, number six. six. Uh, he was my number. Uh, he's my number five. Okay, my number six is Jonathan Taves. Okay, who was my number five? Okay, by the way. so we just have those two flipped. Uh, talk to me about why Taves over Denny Savard. Yeah, I think when you look at the the hardware kind of. Gave, gave him the the edge, I think, in this one, you know, because like we talked about a little bit, and I think, you know, Jonathan Taves' offensive success has been driven by the fact that he's had, you know, Marion Hosa on his wing and then Brandon Saad at his prime, whereas now, you know, you don't really see guys who can, you know, help drive his offensive numbers anymore, and they've kind of stayed low because of that, right? I mean, outside of last year when he actually kind of had a decent year, but... um you know, I think early in Taves' careers, he he was a fantastic two-way center. I mean, he was probably the best face-off guy in the league at the time. I mean, I think maybe outside of Patrice Bergeron, there was nobody better. In the playoffs, it. when they won their first cup, his face-off percentage was 60.2%. Yeah, crazy. Unbelievable. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, he was always really good at face-offs. And, um, 
Yeah, he remains I mean, very good at faceoffs. Yeah, <laughs> he has been above fifty-four percent every single year in the league, except for his rookie year. He was a paltry fifty-three point two percent only, <laughs> which is freaking amazing. And he has had his best is fifty-eight point six percent, fifty-nine point nine percent in twelve thirteen. But that's only 47 games, so it's probably one. Yeah, and being Consmite winner, too, I think, yeah. was the big tipping point for me. So Consmite, he won that Selkie. Uh, I'll tell you, I, I know that Denny Savard doesn't have the same accolades. He is in the Hall of Fame, uh, so that definitely, like... I, I, think I will think prob- Taves will get in there eventually. Probably, uh, yeah, yeah. It's You know, it's going to be interesting, because you think guys are still getting in from the 80s right now. Like the '80s, is, we're starting to see guys getting from the '90s. There's, there's, well, there's guys that are that have retired in the 2000s that are getting in, like a Joe Newendike or Eric Lindros. But the majority of what they actually, like, what they accomplished in their prime, it was in the '90s, right? But there's still guys who, like, people think should be in it that were in the '80s, and they're like still scooping in some of these guys who played forever ago. That they're like, it's a snub. They've been snubbed. Yeah, like, I don't think Taves will be a, a first ballot guy, but well, he'll get in eventually. I'm just wondering what they're going to... Because right now they're voting on guys who are playing when there was like 20 teams. And now you've got 32 teams. So you have almost double the amount of players. So either you have to start letting more guys in per year, or especially since like since the... You know, now you're, you're including players that didn't even play in the NHL. Right, they're like some years they're putting in a European guy who, and they're starting to throw women into and the they mix put women too. Into yeah. every year, a woman has, and mm-hmm. multiple women have been in a couple years. In yeah, it. and they definitely deserve it. But sure, I mean, sure. you're just again, but, uh, you're opening up the right. amount of people for sure. So either you have to increase the amount of people that get in, or the the like specification for making it in is going to narrow. And if that's the case, I don't see Taves making it in because I just think there's too many great players from this era that will end up getting in that might jump Taves, especially Kane. Now Taves maybe gets in if like people kind of see Kane and Taves as like, all right, we're going to get them packaged at the same time. Like if they retire the same year together, they might, you know, find a way to do it. But yeah, I I think that it would be, it'll be a minute before Taves is in. I think Kane gets in before Taves. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Um, okay. Uh, Okay, so my number five is Denny Savard. Your number five is Jonathan Taves, and uh, we're on to number four. Number four, yeah. For me, number four is Duncan Keith. Oh, wow. So you got him up there. Yeah, I okay. do. I think, obviously, you know, last couple of years, he's been he's been fine. He hasn't been the Duncan Keith we know during their, their incredible cup runs. But, I mean, when you look at a lot of guys on this list, right, you know, especially from the Blackhawks era, the guys ahead of him, sure, you could say that, you know, at the time – at their position, they were the best in the league, right? The guys below them, there's been a few times where, you know, you, you can say that they definitely, you know, they were never really the best at their position at any point in their career. But, um, you know, Duncan Keith has got two Norris trophies, and there were a couple years where you could say he was probably the best all-around defenseman in the league. Um, you know, definitely one of the better skaters early on in his career up until, you know, maybe a couple years ago. But, um, you know, I think, you know, Getting the Consmite Trophy, having these couple Norris trophies and three cups to boot, I think he's just he's got enough accolades and he's been sure. there his entire career. I mean, he's I mean, been a, a the lifer. Guy's, the guy's thirty, almost thirty six. Yeah, thirty. He'll be, I guess, yeah. He'll, he'll be, retire a Blackhawk and he'll probably get his number in the rafters too. Yeah. yeah. So, which yes, I agree with that, and uh, 
I think probably once we step away from Duncan Keith playing, once he retires, he he could find himself just naturally moving up a lot of people's lists because then the the lore of this player who like yeah he went he went a con Smythe right fifteen sixteen he I did he went yeah. a con Smythe. Uh, that that kind of stuff sometimes takes a little time. Like right now we're in the, the thick of things of like Duncan Keith isn't the Duncan Keith we thought. And now he's just playing a lot of games. And so that, that kind of in the moment maybe spoils a little bit what he was able to accomplish earlier in his career, which like, of course, no one's going to be the best defenseman in the league for 15 years straight. It's just not going to happen. So you have to look at the, I mean, basically he, the guy had a like a 10 year run where he was pretty darn good. Maybe eight-year run. Yeah, yeah. where, where he, he was, was one of the better defensemen in the league. And like he came in much like Brett Seabook did, where this team was just garbage. And he goes in his rookie season, granted at 22, but starts playing 23 minutes a night. And he's never played less than that his whole entire career. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Too. Yeah. Uh, well, my number four is a guy that you mentioned a little while ago. I apparently value goaltenders a little higher than you do. <laughs> uh, You're a funny guy. He did win a Stanley Cup in his rookie season, unfortunately not with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, it is Tony Esposito. Okay. Uh, leading Does that wins. count, though, when he's a backup? When he won the Cup? Yeah. <laughs> well, he still won the Cup. That's true. He was on a, he, I guess he, Jimmy uh, Howard can still brag he won a Cup, but he was never really the, yes, the guy yes. there. So He played 13 <laughs> regular season games. You know, He, went, uh, he was 5-4 five and four <laughs> that year. So uh, two shutouts though, <laughs> um, but yeah. So I mean, obviously he's he is long. Like I don't think there's too many people that are going to disagree that he was he's probably the most important goaltender in Chicago Blackhawks history. Uh, just in terms of like the way that he played was actually quite different than the way that a lot of other guys play. Like he wasn't your pure stand up kind of. No, goal he tender. invented the butterfly. Right. Yeah. So I mean he he has an importance beyond just the team. He like yeah, you're right. He created the way that we play today. You can look back at Tony Esposito and go like that's he's why. I mean Patrick was the one who made it popular. Right. Because he really like and it, it was more the goalie coach that was helping Patrick Waugh that kind of made it popular and was like this is butterfly. I don't know if Tony Esp- I don't know if it was ever talked about that like oh, no, not Tony Esposito played butterfly. It was like Hey, he just kind of had this different style. People didn't know what it was. People didn't really right. like invest in like how goaltenders play, you know, much like they, they didn't were. give up. Yeah, flying, exactly. Just you know, go out there and just try not to get stop the puck. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had a year where he had a save percentage of 934. That's crazy. <laughs> in a 177 goals against average in 1971 72. And I mean, that's not a time where no one was scoring goals either. Uh, he also played 70 games in 73 74. And had a nine two nine save percentage, unreal. Uh, yes, the team was good, but uh, hey, that's that's the way it goes. Uh, okay, so your number. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move. Number three. <laughs> All right, number three for me is Stan Makita, as is for me as well. Okay, yeah, I uh, I imagine you and I probably have the same two guys above him. Um, there's no denying what Stan Makita meant for this. This franchise and, you know, a cup in 61, obviously. But four times the Art Ross Trophy winner, two times the Hart winner, 
two times the lady being winner. I mean, eight-time All-Star. This guy was was all Chicago, and there's a reason he's got a statue right out front of the United Center. He's he's a legend, much yeah. like you know Michael Jordan is to the Chicago Bulls or yeah. Scottie Pippen. He is one of those guys who just you know, and he leads the I mean, he leads the franchise in points. So points, assists, yeah. games played, plus minus. Uh, he has the second most power play goals and the ugliest freaking Chicago Blackhawk player ever. <laughs> Let him know what you think of his look. Uh, yeah, I mean, and and when it comes to he did he did help them win a cup, and the year that he helps them win the cup, he uh, he had a pretty good. That was only his second year. Uh, he did have a twenty-one point C, uh, playoff where in twelve games he had twenty-one points. He also had another one in 72-73. 15 games, he had 20 points. So they did not lose because of him. That is for sure. Ironically, though, an incredible player, but only played two games in that Summit Series in 72, Canada-Russia. Wow. Not sure why, but only played two games. Had one point. Um, Yeah, Stan Makita, number three. I don't think there's any denying that he deserves to be in the top three. You could certainly have him. There, There's a... If, if you're just going like, who's the most pure Blackhawks player ever? It's probably Stan Mikita. But in terms of the best ever, I think there's more factors than just like who played there the longest and put up a lot of right. points. Uh, so your number, I'm, I'm curious because I, I think number one and number two could could potentially be, be different. I'm curious yeah. as to who you put at number one. I put Patrick Kane. Okay. Yeah. All right. I thought you might. That's your mic. I did. I, I respect the goal scoringness of Bobby Hall. Um, and I think kind of what? 604 goals. Yeah. It was in 1,036 games. Freaking impressive. But uh, to me, I think I kind of, uh, I don't want to say put a, a notch against him, but he freaking bolted for money to the WHA. And I was just like, eh. Yes, really? but you know that it was. It was for one million dollars. Like I know it was. It was a lot of money. It was a lot of freaking money and, back then. And it was some of those guys were being treated so bad in the NHL. They really played were for Chicago, which was like the team where players went to like for their careers to rot. <laughs> That's true at the time. He, yeah, uh, yeah. I he mean, managed to survive there, I guess. But, I mean, but he, Bobby Hall. I mean, he played till he was thirty-three in Chicago, and he was just dynamic every single year. Um, I think ultimately, you know, won the WHA thing for me, but then the Stanley Cups too. And I think, you know, Patrick Kane, you know, they both have Art Ross, Hearts, you know, all these things. Patrick Kane does have the Consmite, um, and the three cups, I think, just kind of gave me just a slight edge for him. And two, I when I look at Patrick Kane, like I when I think of Bobby Hall, Stan McKinney, you can throw them in the same era, right? And and those were guys that were just dynamic at the time for the team. But Patrick Kane, like, he's never really had anybody that can really, outside of maybe Panarin for a short while, but he's never really had anybody on his line that's helped drive his production. He's just always been that guy that does it. Whereas, like, maybe you can make an argument against Bobby Hall a little bit, you know, because he's played with, you know, Stan Makita. But Patrick Kane at least had this other line of Hosa and Taves to protect him. Well, sure, you can make that argument too, for sure. has Duncan Keith out there probably about half the time that he's on the ice anyways. Other times he gets... He gets uh, in his prime Brent Seabrook, not too shabby either. Sure, and I, I get it. You can go either way with it, and I, I honestly just had a hard time with, with that one. But ultimately, I think maybe because I've watched a lot more of Patrick Kane, and I just he's so sure. electric on the ice. It yeah. just for me, I just love watching him play. Uh, I went with Bobby Hull at number one. 
three Art Ross trophies as opposed to Kane's one. Right. I, I know, like, Bobby Hall, obviously he plays at a time where uh, when he won those Art Ross trophies, I, I understand there's only th- six teams in the league, but still, you know, he's that's all he's he got to compete for. That's all he had to play for. for. Sure. You know, he didn't have a choice. Uh, he he does only have the one cup. 12, 12 time All Star. <laughs> that's pretty insane. Uh, and then two times he won the heart. So I, I'm just, I look at this and I go, he was considered the best player in the league twice. Uh, and not only that, in 59-60, second place for the heart. 61-62, third place. 63-64, second place. And you've got third place, third place, fifth place, third place, seventh place. Like This guy was always considered for the heart trophy pretty much every year. Whereas I, I wouldn't say that about Kane. I, now, some of that is, again, due to the different eras. And yeah, if there was only six teams, of course, like... The, probably the best player on a team is going to get into the top seven or eight every year, no matter what. But if you're in the top three several times and you're winning it three times, like you were unbelievable. And Something it's the, special. And it's the goal scoring to me also that in an, in an era where goal scoring was, uh, it was, it was a little different. Like getting 50 goals was just, you know, guys were, that was like the pinnacle. Can you get 50 goals? And he, I mean, he had 50 goals Five five times with the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, something that no one else has ever done. So right, I'm gonna give give him the nod. Although I think Patrick Kane does have the best individual season. Uh, he had 110, 110 point points, right? Season, 110. Yeah. And Bobby Hull's best season with the Chicago Blackhawks was 107. So okay, I think uh, unless someone in the 80s happened to have some crazy ass season where you know they. They blew up, but does anybody really count? Do we count the eighties? No, that's that's an asterisk yeah, season. I, yeah, it's uh, Denny Savard had one hundred and thirty-one points. Wow, and one hundred and twenty-one, and okay. one hundred and sixteen, <laughs> and one hundred and nineteen. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, so he's got all those. So asterisk seasons. <laughs> there is no goalie in that. Uh, yeah. So all right, well that's our top ten Chicago Blackhawks. Let us know what you thought. You can go to at over, oh, oh, no, at OT Hockey Talk. That's our Twitter. Yeah, there you go. On Twitter and Instagram. Hit us up there. Let us know what you thought and uh, look for us on our next show. We'll talk to you guys soon.